You're listening to the Van Moody Podcast. Our passion is transforming the world by transforming lives. In today's episode, we'll continue in our new series with Part 13, A New Way to Live Serving. Pastor Aaron Frazier will discuss how important serving is and how we can serve others in love. Let's get started. Listen, we've been in this series new for several weeks, several months now. And so we've been hearing God speak through Bishop Moody um, concerning this repeated theme through scripture. And it's also known as what we call the one another's. And listen, let me also welcome online family. God bless you. Thank you so much for worshiping with us wherever you are, wherever you're worshiping with us. And so, and so to this series that we've been knowing as new, God has been speaking through Bishop Moody talking about a new way to live. And this, this time and today, God has been speaking through um, the Apostle Paul around 40 times through Scripture about these one another's, love one another, give one another, uh, bear with one another. And today, God gives us a new way to live, and it's a new way to live, which is serving. New way to live, serving. If you would, you can join with me um, in the book of Galatians. If you have your Bible with you, whether you have the digital or the analog version, you can join with me in the Bible. In the book of Galatians, in the fifth chapter, this letter God wrote to the church in Galatia. And meet me in the fifth chapter, beginning at the 13th verse. Our, our message notes and are out on the app. If you have our app, you can download the app. Follow along in your message notes. But beginning at the verse 13, it says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, if you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. Verse 16, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. Drop down to verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. As disciples of Christ, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to show the world that we are indeed Christ-like. Let me say that again. We have a responsibility to show the world that we are Christ-like. Like, we show the world that in serving others in love, we grow the kingdom of God and are fruitful in the spirit of God. See, we cannot expect those in the world to demonstrate godly principles. We can't even expect them to make good decisions. And if we, as the body of Christ, aren't willing to do them, then we cannot show and demonstrate these godly principles. Romans 10 and 14 even says it like this. How then can they call on the one who they, uh, excuse me, call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? 
And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? See, listen, we often will place the responsibility on the one that stands in the pulpit. The one who formally gets up, preaches and teaches and has a microphone, has the pulpit and has the stage as the one to demonstrate disciple, discipleship characteristics. But the truth remains that God sends his people to go and importantly to serve one another. See, if you've been around TWC for any extended period of time, you've heard about us speaking and teaching about serving, right? We, we have serve days. We, we have service. We encourage people to join the dream team and to serve others. But when we talk about serving, what do we mean? See, the word serve is, is used to mean to wait upon. You think about going into a restaurant, being waited upon. A server is the one that brings to you the drinks, brings to you your food, brings to you napkins and plates and whatever else you might need. A person who does that service, somebody who waits upon you. But also can mean to, to minister, to supply. But there's also another word. That word serve in the Greek actually can mean to be a slave to. And what does it mean to be a slave to? And think of it in terms of being somebody who is somebody who is committed and completely sold out. So being a servant is really being somebody who is committed to serve and committed to being sold out to do so. So this raises a couple of questions for us this morning. Who or what do we serve? And how do we serve? Who or what do we serve and how do we serve? See, we have decisions to make. Who or what do we serve? See, our lives will indicate what we serve. Yeah, we have our phones. We'll take those phones out. And sometimes we'll choose the phone over serving somebody else. So in essence, we are serving ourselves or we're serving this phone rather than serving somebody else. There are times in which we have these decisions, and these decisions will reflect who or what, who or what is actually leading us. Matthew 6 and 24 actually says it like this. Jesus says, look, no one can serve two masters. Either you're going to hate the one and love the other or despise the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve God and things. You cannot serve God and stuff. You cannot serve God and self. See, listen, these are everyday occurrences. These are everyday decisions. These are decisions we make every day as to who or what we serve. And the Bible illustrates so many examples of these decisions and who or what we serve. But also, we also have another decision in this. Do we choose to serve in love? You could say yes. You could say that, right? You could say, I, listen, I serve God. Uh, you could say, I serve others. But do you serve in love? See, serving one another in love means that you're willing to go the extra mile, the extra two miles, the extra three miles that it takes to go for somebody in need. See, serving one another means that I will help and I will assist and I will care for somebody even when I don't even feel like it. And sometimes even when I do. Serving one another in love means that I will give my best 
even when the person doesn't even necessarily deserve it. In our serving, there's a couple of questions. Once again, it's filled with questions, this, this message. Are we being led by the flesh or are we being led by the spirit? See, there's a graphic that our tech team is going to put up on the board. And in this graphic, there's a couple of things. First, are you a flesh-led servant or are you a spirit-led servant? You can see the characteristics of a flesh-led servant. A flesh-led servant lives in their old nature. That old nature, they are born into sin. So that, that nature, when you're born into that first sin that was committed back in the garden, everybody is born into sin. That is the old nature. A flesh-led servant is indulgent. A flesh-led servant is selfish. They are receivers. They are me-centered people. Or are you a spirit-led servant? This has a, a Christ-like nature. Somebody who's not born into sin, but somebody who is born again. Somebody who is fruitful. Somebody who's charitable. Somebody who's concerned about others' needs. Somebody who is others-focused. Let me break it down just a little bit further for all the married people out there. Husbands, when your wives ask you to do something for her, and it's not on your agenda, and it's not on your time and your energy, do you serve her in love? Or do you serve her in your flesh? She don't ask me to pick this stuff up. I don't be picking all this stuff. They ain't got time to be doing all this. Is that, is, that the, is that flesh or is that the spirit? Or how about this? Women, wives. Y'all thought y'all got off, didn't you? Wives, when your husbands reveal their vulnerabilities to you, do you gossip about them? Do you backbite to them? Do you backbite them? See, the thing is, we have a decision to make. As you can see, even from the graphic, that was a meter. These decisions determine we go back and forth, vacillate between flesh-led, being, uh, being a, a flesh-led servant or a spirit-led servant. Our decisions reflect which one we're going to do every single day. And so as we go through scripture, there are many, 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 many different examples of those that are being led by the flesh and those that are being led by the spirit. One of which is Nabal. For those of you all who don't know this story, you can read about this in 1 Samuel 25. I won't read this all in its entirety. It's, an, it's entirely too long. But I want to make sure that you understand this. What happened in 1 Samuel 25? David and his men have been out. They've been out fighting different campaigns, different wars. They're out, and they come across a pasture. And in this pasture, they see sheep, and they recognize where they are. David sends his servant ahead and says, hey, uh, y'all go and tell the owner of this pasture, listen, when we were out before, we made sure nobody touched your stuff. Your sheep were okay. Your cattle were okay. Your land was okay. We made sure that you were taken care of. In other words, we served you. And we made sure that you were okay. So listen, servants, uh, go out and tell the, the, the owner of this particular parcel of land. So the servants do. Servants get over there. They meet this man. This man's name is Limbal. And Nabal, and they tell him, listen, hey, this is, uh, 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 listen, David, my servant David, um, we made sure that you were taken care of. Listen, we just need some help. Can you give us some food? Can you give us some resources? 
And I want to tell you, and I want to give you to you in this, in this verse, it says this, when David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered David's servants. Listen, look, look at this, what this man said. Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? You know, uh, many servants are breaking away from the masters these days. Why should I take my bread and water and the meat I have slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? First of all, Nabal knew who David was, okay? Let me just tell y'all right now. There's no way Nabal did not know who David was. David's name was famed throughout. Even the enemy knew who David's name was. So don't tell me Nabal did not know who David was. And so in this season and in this time, Nabal said, you know what? I got my own stuff. I'm going to take care of me. I don't need to take care of you or anybody else. I, what I have, I can't give to you. Nabal was being led by his flesh. Nabal said, you know what? I'm going to take care of me and mine. I got no time, no, no energy, no, no, no time for anybody else except for what I got. And so as it turns out, if you keep reading in that chapter, David got a little hot. David said, hold on. He said, what? Y'all, get, strap, strap. Your, strap. Now, don't listen. Don't do that. Y'all don't do that. Okay? But David said, strap your swords. Let's go. David took 400 men. David was getting ready to kill not just Nabal, but all Nabal's people. Okay? And so, the thing about this is this. If you are a flesh-led servant, you are serving yourself. You are somebody who cares only about yourself. Now, the flip side of this, you could be a spirit-led servant. In the book of Ruth, once again, can't read it all in its entirety. The book of Ruth is, is a rich book, you all. If you have not read the book of Ruth, go ahead and read it. It's not just about making sure that you, you know, if you desire to be married, that God is going to send you your Boaz. It, that's, that's only part of the story, okay? Understand this, that it's not just about that, that part of the story, but it's also about somebody who was willing to serve. What did Ruth do? Ruth and Naomi. No, Naomi uh, had, had two sons and a husband. Her husband died. Her two sons died. Those wives uh, was Ruth and Orpah. And so Orpah and, and Ruth were left widowed. Uh, uh, Naomi was left widowed. And so in this season, in this time, what happens? Naomi says, listen, y'all, y'all go back home where you're from. I'm going to go back to my people. Uh, I got nothing for you. I'm too old to have another son. I'm sorry. I got nothing for you. I can't do anything. Orpah says, you know what? I'll take you up on that offer. I'll go ahead and go back home. Ruth, on the other hand, says, you know what? No, listen, Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where, where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Ruth said, you know what? I'm going to serve you. Yeah, I'm going to serve you. Matter of fact, I'm not going to serve you just to serve you. I'm going to serve you in love. So no matter where Naomi went, Ruth went. No matter where, where Naomi slept, 
Ruth slept. Wherever Naomi worked, Ruth worked. They were together. They were connected. And, and because of this, Ruth saw blessings as a result of that. How do you know this? Back in, in, in Ruth chapter 3, it says this. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. Who is this man? This man is Boaz. He turned, and there was a woman lying at his feet. Boaz says to Ruth, who are you, he asks. He's, and this is what Ruth says. I am your servant, Ruth, she said. And so Naomi goes wherever she needs to go. Ruth says, I'm going to serve you. Ruth goes and, and goes to shear and goes to, get goes to get food and make sure they have food and goes to serve this man, Boaz, and says, listen, I'm your servant. So you can be a flesh-led servant or you can be a spirit-led servant. But see, understand this, that if you're going to serve, there's a couple of other things as well. You're going to, you can work the flesh, you can have the works of the flesh, or you can have the fruit of the spirit. What does that mean? Galatians 5, this, this is our key text. But within that says, listen, in, in verse 17, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Listen to this. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, but you are led by the spirit. You are not under the law. The acts of the spirit, oh, excuse me, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Listen, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, uh, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, uh, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithful, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against things there is no such law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. What are we, what is this all of this talking about? See, if you're a flesh led servant, you're going to act in your flesh. Things that feel good to you, you're going to act on those. The things that make you feel good and make you, make you proud of yourself. Those are the things you're going to do. The things that, that really don't profit you anything. You understand? Look at the difference between the two. One is the works of the flesh. See, your flesh will work these things. The only thing that you can do if you want to produce something is that if you serve in the spirit, to serve one another in the spirit. How do you know this? Because Paul calls it the fruit of the spirit. See, if you're a tree, you produce fruit. If you're a tree in Christ, you produce fruit. So whatever is inside of you, that is what you produce. And when you're producing, you are working to produce something and reproduce something so that if you have love inside of you, you're going to produce love, but then you're also going to reproduce love so that if you have patience inside of you, you're going to produce patience, but then you're going to reproduce patience. Some of you all have been wondering why there's been these, these, these seems like these, these generations of generational curses passing along from generation to generation and generation in your family. What's being reproduced in you? Are you reproducing love? Are you reproducing patience? Are you reproducing kindness, gentleness, faith, self-control? 
These are the things that God is saying. If the spirit is in you, if my spirit is inside of you, these are the things you will produce and these are the things you will reproduce. But listen, serving others. You, if you want to serve in love, then you have to make a decision as well. Are you self-serving or are you others focused? See, if you're self-serving, if you're a self-serving servant, in other words, you care about you, you don't really care about anybody else. You don't care if somebody else is hurting. You don't care if somebody else is going through. Matter of fact, you may put on that facade like, God bless you. Listen, I'm going to pray for you. You know that stuff, that churchy stuff we like to tell for you. know, you, Instead of being able to say, listen, how can I serve you? How can I help you? What do you need? Where do you need me to do? How can I, what, is, what is it that you need in this moment? See, a self-serving person, understand, is not like Jesus. Jesus was the ultimate example of being an others-focused person. See, Jesus didn't come to serve himself. Jesus even said this, not my will, but Lord, your will be done. Jesus even said, this, he, came, he said, I came to seek and to save those that are lost. Jesus came to serve others in love, but will often put, he will often put others' people's needs in front of his own. He put others' agenda before his own, but he put God's agenda before his own. See, we can't enlarge the kingdom of God while serving ourselves. If we don't serve our, if we serve ourselves, we cannot enlarge the kingdom of God. People will not know Christ unless we're willing to serve them in love. And lastly, are you a world-influenced person or are you a kingdom-driven person? See, the world-influenced servant says it like this. It's a dog-eat-dog world. How many of y'all heard that one? Dog-eat-dog world. Uh, how about this one? I'm going to do me. Uh, how about this one? I'm going to get mine. Yeah, see, when you're a, uh, a world-influenced person, it means that the wisdom of the world will dictate that you can never achieve anything great unless you take care of yourself first. See, you become, we become selfish as a world. We become self-serving. And here's the problem. This, this attitude has actually infiltrated the church. Mm. See, we'll take and not give. We will serve as long as we can get something back in return from it. Uh, in this time of year especially, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we... When so many people care about serving others, we'll go out to serve, but do we want something in return? Matthew 16 and 25, he says this, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. Translation, what is, God, what is Jesus saying? Listen, if you, wanna, if, you wanna, if you die to yourself and if you serve others, I will reward you. But if you want to do it your own way, do it however you feel, you won't reap any benefits. Matter of fact, you'll die. See, a worldly influenced person will take it, but they'll never have enough. They'll work, but they'll never be fruitful. A worldly influenced servant will say, you know what, we may have money to give, but we'll never have enough money to buy peace. We may have patience, but we'll never have self-control. But if you are a spirit-led servant, a spirit-led servant will give 
and will have it given back to you. Press down, shaking together, and running over into your lap. You, you'll work, and you'll find that whatever you put your hands to is blessed. You'll find that yourself being productive. You'll, you'll find that your, 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 your territory is enlarged. You'll find that whatever you step, all of these, these, these things that, that you, you'll, you'll, you, you may say, listen, I don't have a lot of money, but, but I've never lacked anything. I, that there's peace that follows me no matter where I go. There's, that I can spread the good news and I can live the good news. And, and I'm going to see my life change, but I'm going to see others' lives change as well. That's if you are willing to be a spirit-led servant. And so there's, this all coalesces together in one point. Serving others in love impacts the kingdom of God. In that key text, Galatians 5, for you were called, in, in verse 13, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Verse 14, so, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word in the statement, you shall love yourself as your, love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 15, listen to this, y'all. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Paul shares this one another, right? This first one another. This first one another. Serve one another in love. But through love, serve one another. And, and in the same thought, he presents another one another. That word, that term each other is also means one another. What does he say? That we have the choice. We can either serve one another in love or we can bite and devour one another. How many of you all are walking around hurt? How many of you all are walking around limping? How many of you all are walking around wounded because others took a bite out of you? Who in your past decided to serve themselves rather than serving others in love? So maybe you took a bite out of somebody else. Maybe you took a bite to devour someone else. And, and some of us have been so hurt and wounded in the past that it's kept you from serving others in love. Family, there's a, there's a danger to this. This has already happened. In the Old Testament, in the book of Micah, beginning in, in verse in chapter 6, it says this, Therefore, I have begun to destroy you, to ruin you because of your sins. You will eat but not be satisfied. Your stomachs will still be empty. You will store up but save nothing. Because what you save, I will give to the sword. You will plant but not harvest. You will press olives but not use the oil. You will crush grapes but not drink the wine. Dropping down to verse 16. Therefore, I will give you over to ruin and your people to derision. You will bear the scorn of the nations. What, are you what is God saying to us in this moment? Everybody who's made that decision to, to be a, a, a flesh-led servant, those have made the decision to take a bite and to devour one another. The thing is, is that every time we do that, every time we try to take a chunk out of somebody else so that we can make ourselves feel good, every time that we serve somebody in our own flesh instead of serving somebody else in love, we take that bite, thinking that that is what's going to fill us up. And that is where the children of Israel were. That's where the church has been. We've been taking bites, 
little nips, little chunks out of others. And people have been walking around winded, uh, limping and wounded and hurt. But the issue is this. Every time we devour to try to make ourselves feel good, we're not going to be fulfilled. God says, listen, everything that you're going to try to do, you're going to try to plant and not be able to harvest what you planted. You're going to be able to, you're going to try to go out and, and, and make olive oil, but, but you're not going to be able to be able to use it. All the, all the plans that you set to try to advance your career, all the politicking, all the positioning, all the backbiting, all the hurts that you've been trying to do to pull somebody else, you know, that crab in the bucket mentality. Nobody else can get up. Let me pull you down to pull myself up. Those types of things means that you will never, ever be fulfilled because you will always be wanting more. But God won't let you be fulfilled. You may have some money in your bank, but you won't have peace. You may have status, but you won't have status with God. So there is another way to do this, though. And there's one more graphic. as the tech team to show. In this, in this graphic, if we serve one another in love, take a look at the top. If we serve one another in love, if we go around to the right, it will cost us something. To serve somebody else in love is going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some energy. It might even cost you some money. But if we serve one another in love and we sacrifice these things, what does it say we'll do? We'll bless others. Say that with me. Bless others. So if we bless others, what do we find out? That lives are changed. That people's lives are going to be changed. And as we keep going, what does it say on the bottom? God's kingdom grows. Say it with me. God's kingdom grows. As God's kingdom grows, what happens? God gets the glory. As God gets the glory, what happens? God provides. Say it again. God provides. So as God provides, what does God provide us with? Opportunities. Opportunities to bless somebody else. He gives us resources. He gives us favor. He gives us, he say, you know what? I can trust you with this stuff. So what does God then also let, allow us to do? Serve one another in love. Well, if we serve one another in love, it's going to cost us something. What, if we do this, we will bless others. Come on, y'all getting it now. If we bless others, what happens? Lives are changed. If we, lives are changed, then what happens? God's kingdom grows. As God's kingdoms grow, God gets glory. As God gets glory, what happens? God provides. He gives you more opportunities, more resources, more time, more energy, more favor, more strength. He will give you what you need in order to serve somebody else in love. Somebody listening today, somebody listening today has been focused on serving themselves, serving their appetites, serving their indulgences. You've been thinking that that's how you have to get ahead in life. But God is saying, listen, you can't go serve yourself. Understand this, that even when you try to do it, it won't work. The conniving, the positioning, the self-serving attitudes, the politicking, these attitudes only lead to more stress. They only lead to more heartache. They only lead to more death, more loss. They only lead to more darkness. But if you decide to do it God's way, to serve one another in love, you're going to find more favor. 
You're going to find more strength. You're going to find more power. You're going to find more financial resources. You're going to find more love. More blessings. And God will entrust you with more opportunities to serve another in love. There is healing you all in serving one another in love. There is restoration. There is power. There is hope when we serve one another in love. There's a song that's being played right now. We're going to ask that our tech team puts the words on the song. And I'm going to read this, these, these lyrics to you. It's a familiar song. It says, Lord, I'm available to you. My will I give to you. I will do what you say do. Now listen to this one. Use me, Lord. To show someone the way and enable me to say. Listen, Lord, my storage is empty. And I'm available to you. Is that anybody's prayer? Is that anybody's prayer? Is that anybody's testimony this morning? Said, Lord, whatever you want to do in me, God, you do it. God, if however you want me to serve, God, I will serve. Whoever you want me to serve, God, I'll serve. God, if you have to, if I have to go limping, God, I'll serve. If I have to go hurting, God, I'll serve. Because even in spite of my past, God, I'll serve. Lord God, I, because you did it for me, God, I'll serve. So Lord, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord, to show somebody else the way. Because not my will, God, but your will, God. See, this is a heart check moment. Have you made yourself available to God? Has your agenda been more important than God's agenda? Are you serving God? Are you serving others? Are you serving others in love? See, we want you to do this as a challenge. Take out your mobile device. And the QR code that's on the back of your chairs right now, we asked that the tech team put that QR code up. The QR code that's right now, in this moment, in this time, there's a tile that's made just for you. See, here at the worship center, we have what we call the dream team. Who's the dream team? These are the lovely people that you saw when you came into the building. The people that you saw greeting you in the parking lot. The people that greeted you out in the front. The people that helped you into your seat. These wonderful individuals that have even the, the t-shirts that they have on say, I make a difference reason they could wear that t-shirt and the reason that could be their testimony is because they serve in love. But we want you to understand this. Some of you all, that if you made, if you made Jesus your choice, you've given your life to Christ. If you've made that decision, if some of you all that maybe you've made that decision and, and you've decided to go ahead and go forward and you've gone through growth track, but you haven't served 
Some of you have gifts and talents that are just sitting inside of you that God is saying, listen, I want to use that to bless somebody else. And if you bless somebody else, I promise you I will bless you back. But see, those things are laying dormant inside of you. You're just keeping them to yourself. Or maybe you're not just keeping them to yourself, but maybe you're going and you're, you're using them on your job, but you're not using them in his house. What we want you to do is to make that decision today. So go to your QR code. Join the dream team. We want you to join the dream team. So that's not just for you all. Listen, dream teamers that are listening, this is for you too as well. See, the thing is, we can serve, but we got to serve in love. This is a heart check for everyone. So for all the dream teamers, you're going to get an email. And on that email, we want you to fill out that form. There's two important questions that we want you to fill out. Are you currently serving? And then how are you serving in love? This is a heart check moment. This is for everyone across the building, even for you all that are online. You have the opportunity, the ability to serve others in love. So whatever your decision is for Christ, we want you to make it. Fill out our connect card. Fill that out. Let us know what your decision is for Christ. And if it's time for you to join the dream team, that's your next step. We are imploring you to do so. And so in this moment for this season, everybody bow your head, please, and close your eyes. And we are going to pray a prayer of salvation. All together. So repeat after me. Lord, I love you. I make myself available to you. Lord, come into my life. Jesus, you are the son of God. You are the son of God. And I love you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever. And I will be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Family, put our hands together. Come on. Somebody made a decision for Christ today. Amen. So even in this moment, in this time, as we close out this service, we thank God for what he's done. And the charge has been given to you. Don't just serve. Serve one another in love. Don't serve yourself. Serve others in love. So in this time, in this season, as our, as our dream teamers, as our ushers are getting in place, I want to speak this blessing over you as they come and they'll get in place and they will direct you as to exit out of the building. Mm. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence and your power. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for this charge, God. Thank you for another opportunity and new mercies, God, to get it right. And so, God, as we depart from this place, God, that we don't depart from your presence. That as we depart from this place, that we don't depart from your word. That, Lord God, that we go forth and we serve others in love, Lord. 
Let us be the light that shines on the hill that can't be hid, Lord God. Let us be the salts and lights of this earth. Let us not lose our flavor. Let us be the influence to see lives changed in the name of Jesus. And I speak God's blessings over you. I speak God's favor over your homes. I speak God's favor over your finances. I speak God's favor over your houses, over your families, over your children, over generations after you. Generations after you will call you blessed. That everything you put your hands to is blessed. Every place that you step is blessed. That you're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. You're blessed in the country. You're blessed when you go in. You're blessed when you go out. You're blessed when you speak. You speak blessings. You speak favor. You speak life. You speak it over your lives. You speak it over your families. You speak it over your co-workers. You speak it over your situations. You speak it over your jobs. In the name of Jesus, you are blessed and highly favored of the Lord. We are blessed to serve somebody else. In the precious name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Bishop Van Moody. For more information about Van Moody Ministries, please visit vanmoody.org. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed week.